0: Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week's episode 103, we continue our conversation with Noah from American Restless and Josh from The Silent Comedy. After this conversation, we also talk with AJ and Colton of Alley Eyes, and we talk about this upcoming gig on May 12th at Shank Hall, and a new song that they're going to be dropping on the same day called Gone Hunting, Be Back Soon which is going to be coming off their full-length album towards the end of this year, I believe, closer to Halloween. I'm also happy to announce that Fox City's Indie Radio has picked up the Wisconsin Music Podcast and is broadcasting it every Thursday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 3 p.m. So also go out and support local independent radio stations as well as other radio stations that help promote local music. Well, with that, let's get right back into the conversation with Josh of The Silent Comedy and Noah American Restless, and once again, our conversation with AJ and Colton of Alley Eyes. We're back.
1: Feel uh, feel free too to to, um, to cut us off or point us in another direction. We don't want to. Uh, I I don't want to ramble too much about certain aspects of the business unless it's interesting
0: but no i i like to have some you know some business information for the listeners out there you know so they kind of get an idea of what maybe they they would expect you know,
1: you know i wish when i was younger i wish that podcasts existed you know i i tried to find any interview i possibly could of the musicians that like i looked up to and learned from it and uh Man, podcasts would have been such a, a huge resource to me when when the band was starting. If if they were around then,
2: right? Oh, yeah. seriously, yeah. I feel like it was so detrimental when we were younger. The like the pervasive idea was like, I'm just this wildly inspired artist who has no idea how I even get dressed in the morning. What alone <laughs> got two thousand people to come see me play and it would drive me crazy, you know? Yeah. And thank God there was Fugazi and bands like that, which were pretty nuts and bolts about like how they approach stuff. But like, like what were you going to learn from, you know, Metallica about, or Nirvana about, like how to? It's like it was just so otherworldly. Like there wasn't a lot of, and so if you came from a place like we did, Zach, which is southeastern Wisconsin, yeah, and you didn't have access to people who were succeeding on a national stage, like there was bands in. Milwaukee, and then by the time I was in high school, I had some friends' bands who were like touring and doing stuff, and I started learning. But like when I first started playing, I didn't like it was. And I have a dad who plays music, right? It's not even like like uh, imagine if my dad wasn't in a like you know a a accountant or something like I would have had no clue. So I think I'm always happy to share as much as I can, and it's not like I'm you know have, have it all figured out. I just have at least learned enough to know that like it has so much to do with your intention of like what you're looking to get out of it. Right. And no matter what you say, what you're looking to get out of it will present itself as fairly obvious after a certain number of years, like, you know, and uh, I think, you know, so it's, it's good to share it, but yeah, as Josh said, we can, you know, him and I can sit up all all night long pontificating. So feel free to cut us off. and we do. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: interesting like you know, being in the arts at all, but especially music is the majority of what you see from the outside of a band is all marketing. You know, whether whether they consciously think that or not, um, you know, it is a brand and you're being kind of sold the perception of what the lifestyle is, of what being in that band is like. And um then when you get to look behind the curtain you see that that's not really the reality and a lot of people don't get to see behind the curtain as much but i'm happy that in the last five or ten years uh, a lot of artists have started to open up a lot more about the reality versus the, the marketing perception because i think it's it's healthy you know and and um you know when you get older you see a certain perception of rock and roll and then you get older and you're like oh mick jagger has a degree in economics, <laughs> like. That is a business. The Rolling Stones is a business. Yes. Um, and it's, it's an interesting dichotomy. And for me, I think it's good when people open up. And that's part of what the film that we made is about. Um, so that when you are a young person getting into music, you don't let the perceptions and the marketing and all of the kind of lore of how people become successful and how rock and roll works mislead you you know because um the wrong perceptions about it can become dangerous over time because it's not the, a healthy environment to live in yeah and so the more that you have like a realistic picture of what being a, a full-time professional musician on the touring um side is the the more you can prepare for it in like a healthy way and, and sustain that life and, it, and there's all kinds of different ways to be involved in music and make a living in it. And uh, those have their own pitfalls and their own, their own things. But like, you could be a session musician have a very different kind of lifestyle that's a lot healthier and more balanced, but touring is not that No, uh, kind of, no matter how you do it, it's not a yeah. healthy way to live.
0: No. And, and, you know, and sometimes you watch like some of these videos of these musicians, you know, like backstage and what's, you know, in their green room and like, some of them are doing, you know, they're exercising or they're trying to eat right, you know, because they're on the road months out of the year, multiple months out of the year, and they don't have a stable home life. They have to make the road their, their stable home life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's and one of the things. Everyone like, tries
1: to find a different
2: way to do it. Right. Yeah. it's There's like a balancing act, but that's one of the things when, like, when um, the silent comedy goes out, like like, we stop at Whole Foods. You know what I mean? Like, like, um, every once in a while, uh, usually Josh will talk everybody if they go into Taco Bell and then everyone regrets it instantly. But, uh, it's all all about balance. Yeah. It's about balance, but no, I mean, it's, you know, there's, um, I was, uh, the, the perception thing is so important. Like, cause I was working years ago, I was working with a, with an artist who had a, like a chart topping song on Christian radio. Um, I was just doing I was playing some gigs um, and their one of the people in the group was telling me about their old band who was an even larger band in the Christian Nashville Christian music world and he was telling me about how they were like every festival they would you know because they were like weren't allowed to drink so they'd have like um, like water bottles full of tequila and stuff on stage and we're just getting annihilated and he finally had to stop because he just was like it was too much for him you know yeah and then but it was so funny because on the flip side like i think in the silent comedy's old bio it said like whiskey fuel tent revival right didn't say something like that and like it's not that we don't have drinks when we play we do but like i've never been at a silent comedy show where someone was too intoxicated to play it's never happened like it's be the fastest way to never get asked back to a silent right. comedy show is to be intoxicated to perform. Right. Um, or even to be pleasant to be around too intoxicated yeah. to be pleasant to be around mm-hmm. is a, would be a, enough probably. Um, although, wait, maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's happened, but you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's
1: happened, but it's, it's the exception, not
2: the rule. Yeah. It, right. It's the exception, not the rule. And so like it is one of those things where like the image of this stuff is, like Josh is saying, if you don't if you don't get a handle on it, it can be very very dangerous for yeah. for people. And we've all lost friends.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, we have yeah. we have experience with uh, an enormous band who uh, has an infamously kind of um, drunken frontman, and we have done a handful of shows with them. And and the uh, the wine bottle is full of kombucha now, and has been for years that he swigs on stage. Um, and it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like it, people who find a way to sustain in the hardcore touring world find a balance. And it, it's not the kind of excess that happened like in the eighties and the seventies or else, you know, that's why we don't have a lot of those folks around anymore, right. which is a shame. And, and that's another thing that when you're a young person, um, coming up in, in music too, that, um, Die young rockstar kind of mythology is pretty dangerous too. And it, for me, I kind of had to deal with that in my own life. And all my all of the people I looked up to basically had that kind of self-destructive um, bent to them. And, and at some point, you have to deal with that as far as your own goals and perceptions to um, to realize that like that shouldn't really be the goal of of doing this kind of a creative pursuit. Yeah. And that's the the cool thing about where we're at in our lives now is we you know we have been on hiatus for a long time and then we're coming back to being active as a band is we're trying to also kind of redefine it for ourselves about what role does music have in our lives what do we miss about it when we're not actively playing and and on the road and then how do we incorporate that into our lives in a way that that doesn't take it over like it did when we were younger because we toured pretty hard for a decade
3: yeah. and it
1: was Completely our whole lives you know we had no life outside of it we were on the road nine months out of the year usually um and just any time we didn't spend touring we we'll spent rehearsing we we'll spent doing all the business stuff behind the scenes and um it was an all-consuming thing and that was fine at the ages that we were at at that time nowadays you know i think you guys can relate as well it's like the more responsibilities you add to your life the more your life kind of grows and and becomes a multifaceted thing. The more that you can't have one creative thing, just take it over completely.
0: Right. Right. Um, Let's do a couple things about um, studio life. What are like some advice that you could give up and coming groups that are going to, are looking towards going to the recording studio? What things do you feel are important to have ready before you even walk through the door?
2: Man, the best advice is what Jared gave us right before we did the American Restless record. Um, Jeremiah, who's Josh's brother, um, also in the silent comedy um, is, has a, has a sage like quality (laughs) at times when, especially when it comes to recording. But he said uh, to Ian and I, he, he told us, he said, you know, the main thing is make this record. Like, come here and make this record. Don't make the record before this one. Don't make, don't try to make the record. That's going to come after this one, make this record. And, um, as somebody who, even like when we recorded back in the day, Zach, like I was always guilty of trying to make two records at the same time, like always guilty. And I like some of those things that we recorded there was good songs and I'll dust them off and I'll get them out and I'll do something with them now that we're back up and running, but the recordings aren't good, but it's not because they're sonically not good They're because I'm trying to make, I'm trying to turn it into two songs at the same time. Right. And I think one of the biggest pieces of of advice, like the maturity in recording and in musicianship, like people call it being tasteful, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But really what it is, is like understanding like what needs to be done. Like this is fundamentally what this song is. Here's what needs to be done for it to be as good as this song can be. If that song's not good enough, great. You'll find out. If it is good enough, you will also find out. But the only way is to really just make it what it is. And I think, um, I know Josh has had the same experience with silent comedy recordings because we all have, (laughs) but that to me is like, that's one of the biggest things. Like you can spend time prepping and make sure you know the song. You should know the chord change. You should know, you know, try to have the lyrics figured out. Like all these things, of course, you know, you're do your due diligence. But I think the biggest thing is to just get your head wrapped around, like, this is what we're recording. This is where we're at and make it everything it can be. And then just let go and then do the next one, you know? and um. story we tell ourselves like oh this is going to be my this is going to be my sergeant peppers this is going to be my highway 61 revisited this is going to be my and then trying to like shoehorn your art into that template or into some or into your favorite band's narrative that's what crushes you and that's what makes a a sorry but that's what makes a bad record yeah is you shoehorning your your perspective into somebody else's template and then so because if fundamentally sorry this is a little bit philosophical but if fundamentally what good art is is the expert expression of perspective right not that it's an expert's perspective but it's expertly expressed perspective if that's right. what it is you can't make good art if you're shoehorning shoehorning in, into somebody else's narrative you can't so like my experience was i tried to make i mean i could tell you the Three records. I thought I was combining to make one of my solo records. You know what I mean? I, but it but the point is like, I tank the solo record because I can hear when, despite my best efforts, my true self comes through, and those are the only good moments on the record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. So that's like my advice.
1: Albums are albums are like snapshots in time in the life of a band, and so it is always important to remember that, and it's hard to keep that perspective when you're in it because you want it to be everything yeah. and oftentimes it can't be for a whole variety of reasons. But another thing too is to, for people to understand, especially if it's some of their early studio experiences that you're not capturing what you do at a live show. They're fundamentally different performance styles, different uh, exercises. And there are some producers who work that way of trying to just capture what a band does live. Um, Usually for me those aren't my favorite records because it's a completely different art form, the recording studio versus the stage. And that, that's the thing that it took silent comedy a long time to figure out because our stage show is so distinctly uh energetic and wild. And um, we became addicted to that energy that you have with a crowd. And it's really hard to go in the studio and try to do that thing, the vacuum. Um, so it took us years to try to figure out how to record as, as our band. And then the, the recordings that we're doing now are the best stuff that we've ever done because we took all those lessons we've learned over the years of the difference between the studio and the show and what works in the studio and what doesn't to try to bring all of that experience to it. Um, and that's a place, once you go in the studio to record the albums, that's a place in which the caring about being good at your instrument and whatnot does have a no place and pays off it's not going to really get you anywhere in the live world um, but once you get in the studio and there's like a microscope on it that's something that I really regret is not uh, being a better musician <laughs> <laughs> because especially when uh you're you know one of the guys that most of the focus is on um it's tough when you when you don't have the chops and yeah. I've been in that position a lot
0: I mean I've heard You know, in interviews where certain bands are like, yeah, we went into the studio, we recorded the album, and then I had to go into the practice room and learn the album before I went up on stage, because it was a completely different experience.
1: Yeah, that's what we're dealing with right now on the the batch of songs we just tracked in Texas last week. um, We did some really cool stuff, and I was like, oh man, I should have had a camera just filming my hand on the fretboard, because it's going to take me forever to figure out these parts again, you know?
0: Yeah. It, well, it, it came
1: together really quickly in the moment, but now I have to to learn them.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, too, is like rather than thinking of the album, and I think this is something that Jare might have said to me, too. So we'll just give him credit for it. But uh, one of the things is thinking about the album is like it's that document. It's the best possible representation of those ideas, those songs that you can do. And then when you're done, the band should cover the album. Like that's the right approach, I think, live is to go like, okay, well, here's the songs we're doing. So how are we gonna do it? And treat them like they're cover songs. And one of the greatest um things from the American Restless record has been like when I listen to it or I like work through the song, like to get to get ready for these shows. Yeah, I feel like I'm covering a song. It doesn't even feel like it's mine. It just feels like, oh, that's the thing. And then okay, I'm gonna figure out a version of it. And like there's a freedom in that that um, makes it simultaneously more precious and less precious all at once, you know, because there's stuff that happens in the studio and that goes to another piece of advice for the studio is the idea that you're going to like put out a rug and like light some candles and all of a sudden you're going to have some transcendent moment where you play something you've never played. Like that's not a great, it happens, but that's not a great approach. Like you're probably only going to have the licks you had going in and you're probably only going to have the vocal range you had the day before. And you're probably, it's like, So it's better to plan for where you're really at than it is to just, you know, but there are these moments, like there's a solo in a song off the uh, American Wrestlers record called The Lost. And there's a a guitar solo that I played off the cuff on a demo version that we were putting to a click track for for the drummer to play along to. I just threw it in like off the cuff. And I was like, ah, whatever. And then we listened back to it, and I was like, "I think it might be the best solo I've ever played." It's like it's like it's like one of my favorite solos that I've ever come up with.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, and then it took me a, a minute to learn it. <laughs> like, so those things happen, but you know, that's one out of ten songs. That's one part in ten songs with three, four parts each song. So that's right. one in fifty parts, one in forty parts, where there was a spontaneous moment of reverie that resulted in something beautiful. Like, yeah. so.
1: And those are those are the beautiful, uh, happy accidents and the kind of lightning in a bottle things that become legendary because they're rare. You know, that's why I think we always hear the stories about these studio experiences, the bands we loved, where that kind of, that lightning struck and it was, they captured magic. So that when, uh, again, like when you're younger and you're just trying to learn as much as you can, uh, about the industry and whatnot, you can think that that's the norm of how it works. But the reason those are so legendary is because it's super rare. You know, I think about a Neutral Milk Hotel, and infamously on one uh, track on *In the Airplane Over the Sea*, the producer had just been like, "Yeah, go go in the room with the guitar and, and give us something so we can get levels." And he played this whole song that no one had ever heard before in the control room, and that's the take that's on the record. Um, and you can actually hear, if you turn it up really loud and have headphones at the end, you can hear that the engineer go, Holy shit, <laughs> 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 the, 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 uh, tracking room, because they captured this moment, you know? Right. And we've had it like on the album that we're reissuing. There's a track called three coins that my brother had done a demo of, with just him and, and keys. And he was like, you know, I really want to flesh this song out, but this is just the demo version. And it's so, it has this raw kind of emotion to it that we tried to re it like four times in the proper studio, and that just wasn't there. And I eventually had told him, like, we have to put this demo on the record. Like, whatever you were going through in that moment when you sang this scratch vocal track, it just has emotional resonance that we're never going to get back in in a different form, you know? Right. So there are those those experiences. But yeah, I think like the studio is way more about discipline. And the live show is much more about energy. You know, and, and that's um that's something that is is difficult for me. But I have learned nowadays that I'm actually enjoying myself in the studio. For for many years the studio is my least favorite part of what the band does. But gotcha. It's taken a while to figure it out.
0: Yeah, it, it does. And you know, it's like I think playing live you have so much you know time spent on stage and then you get to a completely different environment you know the studio and you don't have those hours put into being under that red light and it's a completely different thought process
1: yeah and especially for vocalists like it's so difficult you know vocals i think are pretty universally one of the most difficult things to track. And there's so much psychologically going on with it because it's you, you know, that it's not an instrument. It's not a piece of wood. Like it's your, your body. And I think it's really important for people who are just starting out as far as the studio sessions go to um, it's tough because, you know, resources and availability are always difficult, but like to sing into a studio mic over and over and over again, before you really have to push record, because that's another thing that I think when you spend a ton of time on stage, you, you think like, oh, well, I know how to do this. And just the difference in hardware and <laughs> what your voice sounds like through a much higher quality microphone and through preamps and back into headphones and all mm-hmm. of that, it's, it really messes with your brain. So to spend time to do it and right. get comfortable there. And then for me, at least, it's like you have to get comfortable with enough repetition before you can perform. Because for me, a lot of time, it's just like white knuckle trying to stay on pitch. And it's like you have to get to that point before you can add nuance to it or or do anything. And I I like to think about there's this great uh, Godard made this kind of experimental film with the Rolling Stones when they were tracking Sympathy for the Devil. And I love it because there's like just these long tracking shots that last for like five minutes of them just in the studio doing their thing. And through most of the whole film, Mick is just sitting on a stool, like hunched over with a notebook, and he's halfway singing lyrics that are totally different than the final ones. And then when they move into vocal tracking, he's standing up and he's doing like rooster pose, and he's doing his whole thing, and he's Mick Jagger then. Right. And you get to just see on camera the evolution of the the nuts and bolts working it out from a practical standpoint to performing it as like a, as a performer.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that the microphone has like, that's when the everyone underestimates is like how much of SM 58 helps you out live. Like it compresses it. I think it does all these things that you're not, it's like literally going in the studio for me is like, if you write guitar parts on an electric with distortion, and then you go in the studio and someone's like, okay, now play it on the acoustic. It's like, yeah, you don't like, the technology is helping you a lot. Yeah. You know, like the, the compression of the amp, the you know, all these things, they're helping you. They're smoothing out, you know, your dexterity. They're like, uh, you know, drummers is the same. I mean, drumming in the studio is very difficult, you know, to get a drummer who can sit down and play the right thing in the studio and have it sound right you know, have snare hits be consistent. I mean, this is all stuff that like, yeah, it's just, there's a learning curve to it, but there's also a ton of apps now that will do it for you. So, I mean, you know, you got to pick your battles, but. (laughs) Right, uh, exactly. um, But uh, yeah, there's a, it's an interesting thing. And most of your favorite vocals, vocalists are singing so much quieter than you realize they are in the studio. So learning how to sing quietly is very difficult if you're alive.
0: Yeah, because it's it's more. You need more control when you're when
2: you're singing softer. Yeah, so um, it just takes it. It just takes time.
0: Yep, it does take time. Um, as we're wrapping this up, is there anything I haven't covered that you guys want to talk about before we do the the final ending of this? Um,
1: I, I think. Uh... For me, I'm just really excited to get to Milwaukee. Like I'm, I'm excited for this Shank Hall show because um, you know we toured really heavily, but a lot of times we're on um, certain routing where we're supporting other bands, and so we're kind of at the mercy of what their routing is, or we have logistical issues where you have to get from from one town to another in a certain amount of time. And so Milwaukee is one of those towns that we've always wanted to play in and, and didn't get a chance to in our touring life. And so we're really excited to to get there and just every town has its own personality and its own kind of uh, spirit. And so we love getting to new places where we haven't played because at most cities in the United States, we've played 10 times already. And yeah. That's that's fine, and we have our favorites, and we love going back to our favorites, but for us to play in a new town is like a, a distinct joy for the band. We get very excited to go to a new place, and so we're just really excited to to get to Milwaukee and, and have a great show.
0: Yeah, excellent. Yeah, the the only time I've ever pl- played at Shank Hall was a day of a blizzard, and nobody came because of the <laughs> blizzard. <laughs> so, that's the... Um, uh... Great Lakes, Great Lakes problems. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, um, the
1: weather is a factor.
0: Yes, absolutely. But um, May 12th should not have a blizzard. You know, I don't but think that's going to yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, where can people get tickets? Because obviously this is a ticketed event. And uh, how much are the tickets? And where can they find them?
2: Um, tickets should be available through the Shank Hall website. And then I think it is here. I'll look it up real quick. But I think it's Ticketfly.
1: Um, yeah, for us, uh, we have everything on our like Instagram is our preferred platform, so if people go to the Silent Comedy um, there on on Instagram. We have a link in our bio that always has all the tour dates, uh, or you could find us on Bands in Town. Um, so yeah, we just kind of aggregate everything through through those kind of sites or the SilentComedy dot um, All places where the the tickets are easily found.
2: Yeah, and then the actual – it looks like for Shank Hall, the actual ticketing website is TicketWeb. Okay. So that's – tickets are $15. The show is 21 and over. Doors are at 7 p.m. show starts at 8. We have Alley Eyes of Milwaukee um, opening, who I believe they have a single coming out that day, they said. Um, And then American Wrestlers will be middling, and then I'll be pulling double-duty playing – with American Russell's and then playing guitar for the silent comedy. American Wrestless has a couple guests coming out. My dad's gonna come play nice um, Gary Leakus, the chairman of the keyboard. Yep. And uh then Gerald Mershart, who's a UFC fighter who also plays saxophone, he's gonna come sit in on the track that he played, um, sax on from yep. the record. Yeah. And um word on the street is that my brother Cadillac Josh might come out. So, you know, we'll see who, who the hell knows. Um, you know, uh, so we'll see what happens, but it should be a really fun night. And for me, it's just a really special one. I mean, I, I know I've said this, uh, multiple times, but it's, it's a homecoming thing for me. So being from Racine and then getting to come back and play with, I mean, I've spent the last nine years of my life playing with the silent comedy in various, various, um, situations and like this week you know we're playing at the casbah in san diego which is where i played my first silent comedy show and then we're going to milwaukee to play and so which is where i'm from essentially um right racine you know so it's like for, for me it's a very sentimental and a very special um run of shows and i'm just excited to share american restless and the silent comedy with friends and family and hopefully some, some new folks and whoever comes out to the show. So it should be a really fun night. And, um, yeah, I, I get to play with a, a bunch of my favorite people. So what's, you know, no, no, uh, complaints there.
0: to wisconsin music podcast we have colton and aj from alley eyes who are going to be playing a gig on may 12th with american restless and silent comedy and they have a new i have many new songs coming out they have one out already above the neck off their new album coming out later this year so colt and aj welcome back to the wisconsin music podcast thank you so much for having us hello all right guys so let's talk a little bit about these um these new songs coming out Uh, why don't you kind of give us a synopsis of what this is all about and what the goal is with it
5: yeah so um this is a collection of songs we've been working on since we put out our debut ep um kind of continuing in this thematic uh continuation of like a horror movie inspired uh project um all these songs are very you know uh Lean into like sort of the darkness, the punkiness, the hard rock of, uh, you know, what we've been working on our, like our past sound and, uh, continues to develop those like horror movie themes, both in like the sounds we choose, um, the lyrics. Um, and so we just felt like with that debut EP, we'd kind of, uh, found our footing enough to try and take on a full album and put out these,
3: uh, songs we've been working on for, you know, over a year now. Yeah. And I guess... Um, of what's out already above the neck that probably just felt like, it felt the most right to put out first. It was like a driving hard rock song and felt like captured a lot of the sounds that were going to be included on the album. And we felt like it was a strong start to have first. So, um, that was the first single that recently just came out on April 7th and it's available everywhere. But yeah are super excited to share the rest of them and just
0: figuring it all out. So you're starting to get some listens, which is great. And you have this gig coming up with American Restless and Silent Comedy. Um, how did that get put
3: together? All right. Well, uh, we work with a wonderful producer named Zach Fell, uh, host of <laughs> <a> Wisconsin <laughs> <Big> Podcast. <laughs> I wonder who and, that is. Um, I, I think as I understand it, Zach, you actually recorded or maybe did some mixing for uh, – Rust Belt Rock and Roll, that's American Restless album that I think that whole thing just came out, correct?
0: What I did with them, um, well, no Noah's the lead um lead man on that for that group and about like 10, 12 years ago when he was living in Racine, um, we did a project together in my old recording studio. But for this newest one, he had a saxophone player come in. The Union Grove High School Recording Arts Club recorded that saxophone part, and then we sent that off to him, and then they integrated that into one of their songs that they were working on. So that's a little bit of the connection there.
3: That's awesome. So I actually have a small side story related to that, which is very like small world, Milwaukee music scene kind of thing. But um, I guess I'll I'll finish answering your original question first, but yeah, you... um connected us with Noah of American restless. So I think also plays guitar with uh, the silent comedy. Mm-hmm. And since we're starting to drum up a little bit of a local following, we thought maybe it could be a great, um, opportunity. And they were interested in us opening the night for them. And then, um, it just so happens that we just might be releasing a second single off, uh, things that Go bump in the night, uh, that same day on May 12th. So I think it'll be a nice, um, I guess, reunion for the Racine guys and American Wrestlers to come back, and us to showcase our new song, and then um, headline show by the uh, Silent Comedy. So yeah. looking forward to that. But uh, I guess the small aside there that I wanted to um, put put or I guess mention that I didn't realize, but you recorded Gerald Murchard playing saxophone on that, correct?
0: Yeah, that's that's who I was uh, speaking of a little bit earlier. So, when-
3: Gerald is a UFC fighter. For right. listeners who probably wouldn't know that, but he trains at Rufus Sport MMA here in Milwaukee, and that's actually where I go and train, and I I do jujitsu there. So I'm oh. like, he's one of the black belt coaches at the gym that I attend. So I've actually knew him and had no idea that he was a musician. I don't even think we even know that each other are musicians, but maybe yeah. hey, now we'll we'll put it together. But that's awesome. You got some Rufus Sport representing out
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So um, now you said you're going to have a new song released um, or you're looking at being released on May 12th. Do you do you know which one it's going to be? Yes. It's going to be Gone Hunting. Be back soon. Uh, what's the story behind that song?
5: Yeah, that was sort of, um, it came from two places. I had had this idea germinating for a while about sort of just like, you know, a lot of this album is taking horror themes and stories and like using them as a mask or filter to talk about real life situations. And one of just, you know, a werewolf being a sort of metaphor for someone who just loses control and becomes a different person at certain points of their life. So that was an idea we were trying to run with. But we had When we started um really hitting the scene we had been playing a couple of shows with a band um aj who is it the uh jake's band um
3: uh sauce Hound.
5: yeah sauce hounds and we noticed they had this really cool you know thing they would do in a couple of their songs live where it would just be these drastic sudden tempo changes um you know like a super fast course that all of a sudden slows down dramatically during the verses and um, they would pull it off seamlessly and like without ever even seeming to have to like look at each other to make sure they're on the same page and um, a lot of this song came from just trying to you know really being impressed by that and trying to kind of create that uh, dynamic.
0: So how does that apply to this new song?
5: Yeah so I mean it's it's a pretty similar thing like we have these very not slow but these um, very kind of like tribal almost sounding drums that go under our verse which just keep give this very like driving momentum but it's not very fast whereas oh, you know and it's sort of exploring lyrically at those moments like oh a person who knows about themselves that they're you know maybe about to hit this point in their life or point in time where they're about to you know lose control in some sort and then the verses are just very much in the moment of like it kicks up we you know the tempo changes like crazy. It becomes a much more hard hitting part of the song. And, you know, so it's supposed to be like, you know, you're in that moment where you're losing control.
0: Cool. So everybody out there, um, they they have their new song out um, above the neck and then this new one coming out, uh, gone hunting, be back soon. So make sure you check that out on May 12th. Now there are tickets available still for this show on May 12th. Um, do you guys know where people can get the tickets?
3: Oh, yes, there's a link in our bio. I think it's all over. It's also on the Shank Hall page. What the exact link is, I don't totally remember, but I think it's in a, an Eventbrite link, but I could I could double check. But if you need to find those tickets, you can either go to leismusic.com and find them there. You can go to shankhallmusic.com and check the link there. Or if you're an Instagram user, we got those links in our link tree in our Instagram bio and on our Facebook page too. So you can find them in all those spots. Um, I'm sure American Restless has links out for him too, and silent comedy as well.
0: So. Yes, definitely. And I'll also put the the links in the show notes as well. Now, besides the Shank Hall gigs, you guys have been going full force with some gigs coming up. Uh, let's talk about those a little bit. The ones that are coming up in
3: the future. Yeah. Um, so I think that same week we're gonna make our Cactus Club debut with two Minneapolis bands: uh, Basketball Divorce Court and Careful Gaze. And then I think another uh Wisconsin band, I'm not exactly sure which what city, but courtesy. And that'll be our cactus club debut. And that's on Tuesday, May 9th. So I think that'll be a nice little preface for the show on May 12th. Um we're working in our new drummer, Jason, into our live sets, and he's played two shows with us so far. We played the Cooper Chair in Milwaukee and then did a DIY show. Um which was a lot of fun, and, and he's a killer drummer, so we've been working him into our set, and then we're hoping back by May 9th and May 12th, we'll be back full force to a four-piece, so we have a another guitarist, uh, Wally, who's going to be joining us here shortly, so we're just getting up to him, getting him up to speed, um, but it's been really fun as a trio so far, and I think we actually fill out the sound a little better than, I, than we were uh, a little, we were a little nervous about that at first, but <laughs> Uh, it's been really fun as a trio so far and we're excited to have wally come out but yeah it feels really validating this year we're starting to hit our stride with uh, playing some of the milwaukee music scene staples so we're excited to continue that going forward hopefully come back to summer fest this year yeah but uh yeah super excited
0: and you guys also um played uh the back room at colleague Cali- like Tivo. Yeah. yeah um when was and you guys sold that out when when did that happen
3: so that was september 30th uh last year and that was with social sig i think north warren incidentally and- yeah social sig i think just played their fourth sold out show at the back room last night with diet light for their album release show but yeah our show was with um social sig north warren and fellow kinsmen all all other milwaukee bands great bands so
0: are you guys going to be trying to get back into the back, back room?
3: Uh, I would very much love to do our Things That Go Bump in the Night Release show at the back room. It's, there's a really cool buzz going on right now in the Milwaukee music scene and a lot of the local bands. I think this is the fourth different album release show last night that Diet Light just played um, where they sold out the back room. So if we could add Ali to that list, that'd be super fun. But who knows? We'll We'll see. Yeah, I think we need we got some work to do still, but hopefully all this new music coming out will really help. Um, I know Above the Neck has been received really well. And I think that DIY show that we just did uh, last week.
0: So what do you guys I know we kind of talked a little bit about future shows. What
3: uh, do you have any other gigs coming up like in June or July that you have set yet? Uh, In June, I think we're going to be playing another show at Cactus with a band called odysseus and I, they're from chicago they're like a two-piece band but that one we're still working out all the details but i think we're going to be on that bill i think that one's june 18th it's a sunday and then otherwise um we're leaving july a little bit open right now um hopefully we'll have another release scheduled in july where we can play a show for that and then um i know in august already scheduled out ways we have a show with our good friend the keystones out in waukesha at club 400 so we did that last year with them and that was a lot of fun i think we'll be doing that again this year so great
0: so you guys have two new members how did how'd that go about how did you find those two did they find you did you find them or was it like networking how did that all work
3: out um so jason we came across uh this past winter and we were auditioning drummers. We knew Matt was going to step away from the band. And we were looking to find someone new. And actually, we were auditioning people that we knew just through Connections and other bands locally. And Jason just posted in one of the Milwaukee music pages on Facebook. And I saw it, like, right away, like, right after it went up. And, you know, you do your your Facebook snooping when you see someone to make sure they're <laughs> normal. And Jason, Jason, <laughs> checked, Jason checked out. Uh, so we reached out to him. And honestly, it just, in the auditioning, Process. We played all the songs off uh, of things to come and it just felt really natural and super healthy. And he's very um, thoughtful, I think, in his approach to drumming, which is something I value a lot uh, as uh, the bass player, the other half of the rhythm section. So Yeah. Yeah, he's been a seamless uh, transition in so far and he's put in a lot of hard work to get up to speed and learn um, all the songs off of things to come and the songs that are coming yeah off things that go bump in the night so yeah it was super easy for that one and then wally um actually connected with wally randomly at a house show um vr friends in the band Tigera. so we just happened to be at the same house show together uh our friends in uh, Tigera knew we were looking for a guitar player and they were like oh my gosh this makes so much sense why don't you guys audition wally and Wally used to be a part of the Milwaukee band, the Appalachians. And I think since then, I don't know if that project's moving forward. um, But yeah, Wally, I think was stepping away from the Appalachians and, uh, we were connected, uh, at that house show and then same kind of deal as Jason brought him down to the rehearsal room. And we did it, uh, once or twice, I think, um, Uh just to get a feel for it. And I just remember like. We were gonna. We had a nice plan between Jason, Colton, and I to like all talk afterwards and decide, talk how it went, and see how everything felt. And I just remember at the end of practice, we all just like looked across the band room with Wally still down there and just gave each other like the nice. <laughs> <laughs> he got the uh, <laughs> the gladiator <Yeah>. thumbs up.
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, it's good. You know, it's always good, especially for a you know a band to to mesh together. It's you know it's hard to play together when when something doesn't feel right with somebody yeah. that's in the group. So. Congratulations on you know getting um, two new members that are locked in with you guys, and hopefully we'll continue to make your success a success. Anything else you guys want to talk about before I let you go? I know this is a, a short one, but this is just you know get everybody excited about your upcoming shows.
3: Um, I would just say if you haven't seen an eyes Show yet, that uh, this one at Shane Call is probably going to be a special one. I think we take a lot of pride um, in building. Theatrical live performances. So, uh, if you can make it out to Shank Hall, make sure to do it. And
0: I believe the doors open at seven and it starts, and you guys start at eight.
3: Yep. And we'll be opening the night. Yep. So, make sure you're there early. Right.
0: <laughs> well, eight o'clock is a great time to go see a band. And so is nine o'clock and ten o'clock. And beyond that, if you're in your 20s, because when you get my age, just <laughs> you get a little tired when you get closer to midnight. So, um, and Zach, will this be your first time seeing All Eyes?
3: Will you be there in attendance?
0: That is the goal. I w- I am planning on getting my tickets, and I will definitely, unless you know, life hits me with a hard curveball,
3: I will be there that night. Awesome. Well, hopefully, we can do some face melting in all the on all the good ways. Yes, absolutely,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Thank you for taking uh, a short amount of time of your Sunday for uh, this interview. Good luck on your gigs, and um, looking forward to getting your your album finished for you and you guys getting that released. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much. much.
5: Looking forward to it.
0: I'm really looking forward to this show coming up here on May 12th at Shank Hall. It's going to be a great night of music. So get your tickets either at shankhall.com or one of the links in the bios for American Restless, Silent Comedy, or Alley Eyes. If you are enjoying these podcasts, appreciate a review written on whatever podcast streaming service that you use to listen to your podcast. much appreciated. If you're interested in being a guest, just go to wisconsinmusicpodcast.com and fill out the really short guest request form. I will see you, everybody, out there on the 12th. Have a great week, everybody.